This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. We are back here, and I am Glenn the Geek in a very wet Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in a very dry Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 8th, episode 2451, brought to you by Kemen Equine. Good morning, Horse World. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Does it still matter? Are people still quarantining? Yes, some places. But I just want to say, I just want to say that it's good nothing ever happens when we're off. Right. It's been such <laughs> it's a quiet, quiet week. week. We wouldn't have had anything to talk about anyway. So I'm glad because that's not the things that I like to talk about. So that's not our show. We do not talk about political and unfun things. We are horse people and we um y'all don't come here for breaking news. Okay? So this is what you're gonna find. If you want our opinions on I don't know, politics then you're going to have to sit down at dinner with Glenn because he'll tell you at dinner. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's it. That's it. That's the only time. <laughs> but we do have fun things like a breed highlight today. So it's been a long time since we've done one of those. This uh, one I've never in my entire life heard of. And she messaged me. I was like, yes, you need to come on the show. What is it called, Glenn? <laughs> it's the North American Bidjani. And uh, apparently Bidjani. Bidjani. I'm going with Budiani because that's kind of how it's phonetically spelled. It's it's called. The, it looks like it says Budeni, but it does. they've got the the gen put put the actual pronunciation <laughs> and it says Budiani. Yeah, it's apparently a Russian horse, which we, we none of us have ever heard of. So that's yeah. that's what we like in breed highlights is horses we've never heard of before, and we got one of those for you today. Plus, we have award-winning podcaster Debbie Laux of the Horsemanship Radio Show joins us to explain how you can attend the movement by video, and you can actually see Jamie doing her thing at the movement. Oh, Lord. Plus, Deanne from Horse Nation, we're going to discuss the return of the dreaded 52 thoroughbreds and some equestrian first world problems as well all on today's show we have it jam-packed i just wanted to mention that i hate you because apparently the winds have changed and you've sent your tornadoes to florida for this weekend uh, yeah. oklahoma was it used to be oklahoma got all the tornadoes and now this you're has been them. apparently the like least amount of tornadoes i think in history this year and last year when i first moved here was the most amount of tornadoes wow. and again i get so sick of everybody saying it never happens here like this and so i i do think that we sent them to you guys i hope you're okay and everybody's all right down in florida y'all are more equipped for a large amounts of rain than we are so 
<laughs> well, we got the rain and there were tornado warnings everywhere. They had one in Orlando and then they had a, a uh, there may have been a couple on the other side of Ocala. I haven't seen the reports yet. That was happening yesterday, but there were tornado warnings all weekend here. So basically you get tornadoes and hurricanes. Yeah. And you, it used to and be we just got the hurricanes. <laughs> and you made fun of me living in, I don't know, Tornado oh, Valley. And lightning was wicked. Uh, uh, all both days were just wicked. And of course it was from that tropical storm that was making its way up the Gulf. We got the, we got the right hand side of it, which apparently was the worst side. We had nine inches of rain in three days, which, as you said, in most places would cause houses to wash away. But here, doesn't look like it rained at all. That's so, insane. I, I, I will say, I went to see my mom, and I was shocked at it, it rained all night, like probably from 5 p.m. until 9 a.m. the next day, just solid pouring rain. And then the sun came out at like 9.30, and, and, and it got hot. And I walked outside and I was like, <gasps> I'm drowning. Oh my God. And and it doesn't look like it rained at all. Again, my mom lives in Florida and it just soaks right into the ground. If we had that much rain, it would be a mud pit cesspool for a month. <laughs> but uh, welcome to the summer mornings in Florida where you walk outside and you feel like a sledgehammer has knocked you into the ground. A phoenix felt like you were opening the oven door in your face when you would open the yep. door. Here, it was like a wave of like just being underwater. I mean, it was a massive it's amount of humidity. It's hard to at first when you walk out from the air conditioning and into that. It's hard to breathe at first. It's it like, was, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Daily Winnie time. We got Good a lot times. of show to do today. Well, happy birthday to auditors Gina Moronic, Kayla Perry, Laura Berry, Spirit Brooks, which is still one of my favorite names, Spirit, uh, Kelly Kuritik. Kru- <laughs> uh, I don't know on that one. Kuritik. Uh, I'm Kurtick. going Kuritik. Okay. Okay. And also a very special happy birthday to somebody that's been a friend of the Horse Radio Network since we started, and that's Hope. Well, you're all special, and especially the ones who he mispronounces your name, because that's that's just what he does. (laughs) But Hope Hand is president of the United States Para Equestrian Association and uh, has been a friend of of the podcast since we started 12 years ago, and she does great work. She volunteers and helps out over there. So thank you, Hope, for all the work you do for the Paras. And now it's your turn. So I've been getting back to work here with Zeus. I have pretty much sold every horse that I own. So Zeus is here and um, like, that's it, buddy. We're getting back to work. So we've been doing some trail riding. And he's a Mustang and, you know, it's his thing. Like he was a wild horse. Like it's, he's a Mustang and we're out riding and, and nothing bothers him. He is just like, whatever, I don't care. And so we're riding along in the pasture in our 20 acre field. I'm trying to get him conditioned on the hills and we are riding down towards the pond and he freaking stops dead. It's like, what the hell? I mean, it like threw me for a loop because he doesn't, he doesn't do that. And he starts snorting. And I was like, oh, my God, what is it? What is it? What is it? We're by the pond under a tree. And I, I like look up in the tree. But he's looking at the ground. And I look down. And it's tall grass. And very going away through the grass there, there is a snake. <laughs> that horse saw a snake in tall grass while trotting down a hill towards a lake and saw it and stopped dead. 
Now here's where it gets weird is we're there and I'm like, okay, I need to see what kind it is. No, I need lucky to know. You didn't go over the top into the snake, into the snake. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's how quick it was, but that is how like genetically coded these Mustangs are to protect themselves. It's just awesome. I'm sure he was protecting me because he loves me. I'm and sure. that's why, because he loves me and tried to throw me off into it. Here, take her, <laughs> take her instead. But then this freaking snake and it didn't look poisonous. It looked like a fine snake. And then it slithers out into my pond and swam across the pond. And I was like, no, no, that's not okay. Never will I ever let that be okay. So I told Chad, I'm like, get on the tractor and mow circles, start at the edge of the pond and just mow spiral out as far as you can possibly go because I cannot have this happen again. I was terrified. It was so creepy, Glenn. And I wanted to post a video, but you won't let anybody post snake videos. It's been a snake year too. If I let people suppose that's all we, they, they're starting a special page just for people to auditors to post snake videos. Where is that? Apparently, I need to know because some, they've I think got somebody to see was starting one. Cause I wouldn't allow it anymore. Cause God, it's been a year for snakes and we've seen our share too. Well, they're, they're, uh, to see why a, not? There's nothing else happening this year. We might as well have a snake infestation. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, so thank you, Zeus, for saving me from the snake and also saving your ankles from getting bit because <laughs> that would cost a vet bill. Well, as Jimmy said, or Jimmy, as Jamie said, uh, I had Jimmy on the brain because that was what I was going to talk about next. Uh, I, as Jamie said, we are going to, uh, you know, we're not a news program. That's not what we do here. And, you know, we try and keep the show uh, somewhat light and fluffy. Uh, but we did invite uh, our good friends over at Black Rains Magazine, who usually come the first Wednesday of every month anyway, but we were off last week. So we invited them to come back on Wednesday of this week. I, I'm, I'm waiting to hear back uh, from him today. And, you know, we'll kind of discuss. Uh, we'll discuss, you know, what happens in the horse world as far as equality in the horse world. I know we've had this conversation with him before, actually, uh, when we first started having him on. Uh, but, you know, it's something that we thought, let's let's have a conversation about it. We might talk a little bit about it. I know Horse Nation did some articles, so it might come up in our conversation a little bit later with Deanne as well. Of course, you know, here at the Horse Radio Network, we have two African-Americans that are, that are part of our team. Of course, Jemmy, who produces many of our shows, she's still around. I did a post last week in the auditor room because I had so many people asking about Jemmy. Uh, Jemmy's my co-host over on the Finding Florida show. She used to be a producer here when we had producers beginning this year. As you noticed, Jennifer and Jemmy are not here anymore. Uh, that was a cost-cutting savings uh, thing that we did. So it has nothing to do with her leaving the fold or she didn't get fired. She's still producing many of the shows. She produces Retired Racehorse Radio for you guys a lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's still here, but we'll be talking more about that on Wednesday. One other thing... And her business took off. Yes. She kind of doesn't need you. <laughs> well, she is. I mean, her business really has taken, uh, taken off. She's lots of new customers and Actually, the quarantine did her good because some of the customers she had wouldn't have started podcasts if it hadn't been for that. Oh, so in her case, uh, she's benefited from the quarantine, and we're very happy for her. That's what we were hoping for all along. Uh, you you guys, got, you and Mary got a terrific compliment from one of our auditors. I wanted to read it on the air because it just says a lot about why we do what we do. It says, Jamie and Mary and the rest of the wonderful HRN hosts, I want to say a huge thank you. Yesterday was the first time I was able to take my boy for a drug and stress-free trailer ride. He loaded calmly without a fuss or a 
fight. I'm so proud of him. This would not have been possible without your advice. I tried many methods from big name trainers. Some even made the situation worse. Thank Clean you for Anderson. giving me the tools. Sorry, and uh, knowledge that is something in my throat. Necessary to work through this issue. So, you know, good for you and Mary. You you kind of both have the same way of teaching trailer loading, so she probably heard it on both. But uh yeah, so that must have been good to read. Uh, it was so sweet. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always so happy when people have success with their horses and you know, it, it comes from doing the homework. So, uh, you who posted it, do you know who posted it? Uh, yeah, but I didn't have permission to use her name. So, okay. Yep. Well, for you posting that, that means you did the work. So good job on you. I mean, it's, it's not something that magically we, you can listen to us and it happens. You actually have to listen to us and apply the things that you oh, hear. It's like cooking. You have to actually follow the recipe. Yeah, yeah, you have to follow. And it, sometimes you're like, I don't want to measure. I'm just going to throw everything in the pot. <laughs> Which is well, you didn't. My you method. measured. <laughs> so congratulations. Well, there is a you. difference between bakers and people who cook. There's two, there are two different mindsets. This, See, don't go on the food train, Glenn. We're talking about to, horse like, training. Follow the recipe or it all comes out wrong. So. <laughs> well, you're a baker. In the world of horse Horse training, you're a baker. No, no, no. I'm a cooker. I just throw everything <laughs> Not in. Not you, the no, person who No, yes, it. the person there. That's a baker. That's right. They make wonderful bread. Uh, yeah. You know what? We're. I want to get to a question first where problems, because I feel like we've ignored that, and we've ignored our auditors for too long now. So I know you want to talk about your travels, and we have some horse stuff. Let's wait till later. I don't need to tell you about my travels. I just I went to visit my dad, and then I went to visit my mom, and I'm glad I did it, and I'm glad I'm home. Yeah, Boom. but there's a video I want to play. Let's do that <laughs> in the post-show for the auditors. Okay. Because <laughs> it just says a lot about your family. Oh, God. I <laughs> forgot about that. Do you have that recorded? Uh, I, no, but I can play it off of Facebook. I'll find it. So oh, we'll geez. do that in the post show with the auditors. I almost feel I've I've posted it in the auditors room. I think that maybe we just talk about it at the end of the show because I feel like regular listeners also deserve to hear this. <laughs> well, let's hope we have time. If not, we'll get to it this week because I'm not letting that go. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Just remember, if you have a first world problem, uh, horse related that, that, hold on, let me start that over. I'm distracted. Just remember, if you have an equestrian problem, it is a first world problem because that is the way that our life is right now. And uh, I would also like to point out that, you know, all of this COVID nonsense that's been happening, y'all have not slowed down in your horse buying and your horse purchases and your horse time and your horse problems. Like it was very, people had a lot to tell me. Uh, and so I'm going to try to weed through it. I posted it like this morning and I got so many, uh, posts that I can't possibly read them all. Okay. So here we go. We'll start with Kayla. Now, remember, these are actual submitted problems by our auditors. If you want to become an auditor and submit your own first world equestrian problems, Glenn, tell them how they can do it. Well, you can go to horseradionetwork.com on the right side of the page. There's an auditor banner. Click on that for as little as $3 a month. You, too, can participate in the fun. All right. Well, Kayla posted this. And again, these are their confessions. Okay. You can't make these up. She said, I went to try a horse to buy as a sale project. And he's so incredible. But he's three and I need him to be four. 
Not to be whatever. As I continue to read, she's buying it anyway. <laughs> Doesn't three go to four very quickly, really? I mean, it's it. only yeah. like a matter of yeah. a couple months. Yeah. yeah. Carrie said that I decided that even though I've spent a ridiculous amount of money recently, my new horse needs new saddle pads. However, there's so many pretty ones out there that I can't decide what color he'd look best in because he looks gorgeous in all the colors. And I feel like should you get the full rainbow, but I'm not like independently wealthy for some stupid reason. Ah! You've been in quarantine way too long. <laughs> Uh, man, I told John Nunn that he needs to have like a color match. You know, you can upload a picture of your horse well, and put all idea. the color match ideas because I, I don't buy for but the barn colors. I buy for the horse. So I get you, Carrie. You know, sometimes you a know, bay what a bay horse wears doesn't look good on a chestnut. That's true. That is true. And he never, he goes, that's a really good idea. And never did it. Um, Robin said yesterday that I was helping a friend move a pair of unhandled horses to her place. And I hung my dually on the front of my one truck. So I wouldn't forget it. However, ended up hitching my new truck to the trailer. And then I forgot the halter anyway. Oh my God. She has too many trucks. <laughs> Poor thing. That's a first world problem. <laughs> uh, this is a first world problem here. Marissa, my new horse is in Oldenburg and they're like, Super fancy with the breed logo, but it's like not one of the cool looking breed logos. And I kind of like the Hanoverian logo, but I'm like compelled to be one of those people to put that logo on everything. And I don't even know why I need monogram brushing boots. All right. I'm looking up the Oldenburg logo. Yeah, it's kind of There's weird. an Oldenburg NA and there's an Oldenburg, Oldenburg. Yeah, it's German just Oldenburg. this uh, O with a crown on top. See, that's a cool one. Oldenburg NA is not as cool, I think. Um, anyway. You don't need monogram brushing boots. Oh, that's the part. I see the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of lame. Yeah. Amanda says, my writing lesson business has gotten so busy. I'm like too tired to even ride. Girl, I've been there. That's what happens. <laughs> I tell you what, it's, um, there's a page here on like a Facebook page for like Norman barns and stuff and if you were to post that on there they would shame you out of town because how dare you be working when you're supposed to be shut down it's pretty amazing um and they're like is anybody else open right now and i was like like i'm gonna post yes i'm open <laughs> why would i somebody murder me somebody <laughs> come and slit my throat uh, Denise said, I rode in my, by the way, I don't have any borders. That's just me. So <laughs> I have one border and she's nine and she comes once a month. Um, Denise said, I rode in my first clinic this weekend with the horse, the horse that I purchased over the winter. And I was totally that girl. Yes. The girl who's riding the horse in front of everyone who decides to roll in the ring. Oh my God. That's awesome. I've been there. Glenn, do you have anything to say about that? No. <laughs> You're supposed no. to play the music, that girl. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. I didn't have it handy. What are you, new? You hear that girl and you don't just pull that music up? Here, Denise. I don't want to be that girl, girl, that girl, that girl. I was looking for it. <laughs> Lily says, I've been working on getting over some riding fears and emotions happened yesterday. And I ended up crying in front of my trainer. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Water just came out really up fine. And she's probably never coming back. Um, I had, that's not true. I had a student who every week would cry in the lesson. Now she was like nine, you but made that whatever poor child cry every week. Every week she would cry. This is the one that like 
Okay, backstory. She was from Belgium. And so her mom would stand on the side and talk to her in French while I was teaching. And she spoke English. She understood what I was saying, but her mom would be talking. I didn't know what her mom was saying. And I was like, I don't understand why she got, she can't loosen her reins. Like, can you tell her in French to loosen her reins? It's like after months, I just can't get her to stop pulling. And her mom had been telling her to shorten her reins in French the whole time. No wonder she cried every week. You know, uh, Jennifer really didn't like when parents watch lessons. Uh, from now on, that mama <laughs> stood by the house. Yeah. You sit you, over there with a nice sit book. Over there. Um, Loreen said, the barn where I board my horses has such a good fly control protocol that there's hardly any flies. But I already bought the $70 jug of fly spray. <laughs> that is a first world problem. That is. Uh, Chelsea so says, many flies right now. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's, just, uh, it's a constant battle. Uh, my horse has a full-time bodywork personnel. Wait, Chelsea says my horse has full-time bodywork personnel, and I don't. <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> That's true. First world. Uh, Lisa says my non-horsey friend sent me a message yesterday asking if I knew an agency that could help 52 thoroughbreds because uh, their owner died of COVID. We're going to talk about that later. In the show. <laughs> changing this and says you know this is going to be so funny this would be hilarious um a couple more april says i keep trying to buy a pandemic pony but the powers that be keep thwarting my plans <laughs> it's your husband the powers that be because i'm pretty sure if he knew yeah. what was going on he would edit yeah i think that's a uh, part of and katya says yeah i just got a new saddle to try on my mare and it's sitting in the tack room and i can't try it out for the next three days because of torrential rain and i need an indoor arena <laughs> i feel you because i really want one of those too and not just so i don't ride in the rain it's so my arena is not flooded after it rains it, it's graded well but it'll dump like two inches here and then you can't ride for like a month um and then finally you know we got to end with something awesome meta my new horse everybody has a new horse by the way my new horse drinks a lot of water. So I hung a second bucket just in case I can't get to him midday. But the purples don't match. <laughs> Girl, you can't have a lavender bucket with like a deep purple bucket. It just can't happen. <laughs> what were you thinking? You need to go shopping right now. <laughs> purples don't match. Like they're both purple, but they don't match. <laughs> Can I, I, you know, I hate to end on a positive when we could end on a negative. Can I do a loser of the week? We haven't done one of these in forever. Oh, uh, please, please. I please. have a good one. How about <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> so, you know, you know the name Francis Whittington, who's a top eventer in England, right? Um, yes. Yeah, we've talked about Francis Whittington, very top eventer in England. And we've also talked about in the past, we've had many people on, including Victoria, who talk about in England and Ireland and Scotland, pretty much you can walk and hike on people's farms. You can ride across people's farms. It's pretty much like open land, right? It's this unwritten law that you have the right to walk. Can you... I just want you to, as I tell this next story, to imagine this happening here and how much, okay. how much shooting would take place. Okay. So, so Francis Whittington has this farm, and he has his horses out in the fields, and people, there's footpaths. People go through these little people gates and walk along the edges of the fields on these footpaths as part of a normal thing that happens over there. 
I can't even imagine it happening here, but it happens over there. And uh, apparently, since the lockdown, more and more people have been coming out from the city to walk on his farm, and it's been a nightmare. They've been leaving trash everywhere. He said normally he would have his townspeople that would just walk through, and they're very courteous, very considerate, very nice to the horses, blah, blah, blah. Well, now, he said, uh, quarantine people coming through, leaving rubbish, climbing over and damaging fencing, and trying to feed the horses. Oh, God. But that wasn't the worst of it. And also, oh, by the way, defecating on the path. What? Yes. So, apparently, that wasn't all. He got a phone call from somebody, and he said he'd seen her before walking across the fields and taking pictures, and he had no objections. She said, it's beautiful here, and everyone's free to enjoy, and the horses, they can take pictures of the horses and whatever. But it was walking, this lady was walking through the footpath and called him to say there was a horse loose. Well, he knew that he had three fields and he had a driveway. And what he thought was the horse got loose on the driveway. So he said, thank you very much. He hung up and he went out to check it out. And there were no horses loose. So he he called the lady back. And uh, the lady said, uh, uh, well, there is one right in the pathway of where we're walking and it won't move. Apparently, he w- so he drove out to see what was going on, and the horse was grazing in its field, his field, and basically was in the path, and the people could have walked around either side of it to get by it. But they called him to complain that the horse was in their way. They had two kids, quote, this is his quote, they had two kids about age 16 and 12, and the wife said, they looked at my daughter, and she is crying because the horse came towards her. Now, the kid is 16. Get <laughs> off my property. <laughs> this, she says, this was starting to press my buttons. No kidding. So, uh, and they said, actually came out and said, we have rights to walk on what your pathway. Rights? Apparently, they have rights to walk on the pathway, and he's supposed to make sure the horses aren't on the pathway. Apparently, he lost it. Things did not go well. The people ended up leaving, and uh, he uh, they have not come back since. <laughs> okay, this Can reminds me of... imagine this happening in the United States? They'd get shot. <laughs> it's like, this was like... This reminds me of those those um, travel agent complaints that they get. Yes. Like, like somebody goes to Stonehenge, and they're like, <laughs> it was like just a bunch of rocks. <laughs> That's right. Oh my God, I'm looking at something right now. The Great Wall of China is just a wall. Like, it's just a wall. Number uh, 30, the hotel got me pregnant. <laughs> All right, let's do an ad. Let's do an ad for one of our tourists. Mona Lisa sponsors. was too small, Glenn. <laughs> Mona Lisa is small from what I hear. I've never seen it, but apparently everybody complains about it being too small. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Kevin. All right, fine. Well, you guys know we are all a little stressed right now, and our horses can get stressed out too. And the Mona Lisa is small, but it's still amazing. Uh, Every horse experiences stress caused by things like exercise. Environmental conditions like the weather or their everyday surroundings, travel causes horses stress, just like humans, and even simple diet changes. All of these variables contribute to the stress levels of your horse, and it might come as a surprise. You can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day by lowering the levels of the stress hormone 
cortisol and optimizing energy use. Feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health, performance, and overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't just feed any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium on the market today, Chemtrace Chromium from Kevin. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ. Thank you very much, Jamie, and thank you to Kemen. All right, we're going to do a breed highlight right now, talking about the Boo Yoni, and we're going to get on the phone right now, Karina Rapp, who is president of the North American Boo Yoni Horse Registry. And I've been committing to that pronunciation, but we'll find out if I've been right. <laughs> I feel like I commit to pronunciations, uh, and then I'm always wrong. But Hi, is this Kar- Karina? Yes. Hey, Karina, it is Glenn and Jamie calling from Horses in the Morning, and you're live on the air with us. Hello. Thank you so much for calling me this morning. Thank you. Are you talking directly into your phone, not on a speaker or Bluetooth? Uh, It's on speaker. Would you prefer? Yes. Could you take it off? We can't hear you very well. Okay. Is that better? That's much better. All right. So the first thing we have to talk to you about is how I've been mispronouncing this name the entire morning. So tell me how you say the name of this breed. Uh, you kind of uh, pronounce it Budyani. Yay! Budyani. I've been correct, actually. I've been doing <laughs> yeah. it right. Oh, good. <laughs> See, Jamie, I get it right occasionally. About the name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's the Budyani, that, which neither one of us, we've done a lot of breed highlights on this show over 10 years, but this is a new one on us. So tell us about the Budyani. Yes, um, so it's a endangered breed from Russia that was originally developed as a cavalry horse. Um, it's closely related to an even more at-risk uh, breed called the Don Horse, which was the famous mount of the Cossacks. So, so uh, they... So, uh, yeah. And dates back to, like, long time ago in uh, Russia? So, so, you know, the, the Don Horse dates back to the 16th century, but the Bajani Horse is a bit more modern. It um, was uh, developed in 1921 by Marshal Semyon Bajani, a... Um, respected Soviet cavalry general, horse breeder, and Don Cossack. It was officially recognized as a breed in 1949. Oh, wow. So, okay, so they're fairly new. And I assume there are not a lot of them over here because we've never heard of them. Yeah, so we have actually 41 Bajanis and partbreds in the United States right now um, and a very, very small um, breeding core. Uh, Sadly, um, much of our original population that was imported to the country has aged out quite a bit, and uh, we are kind of just getting back into the breeding game. And um, it, it's going to be a bit of work to rebuild the breed here, but we're very excited to um, be able to utilize uh, modern techniques with um, frozen genetics to um, be importing it from Russia and bringing it to the United States. I think that's going to help a lot. Why do you like them? What's, what is it about these horses? Because, I mean, there's a lot of breeds out there. Why this one? Yeah. Uh, they're really personable horses. I know people say that a lot about um, other horses, but uh, these particular horses, because they were bred to be cavalry horses, they had to be um, capable of making decisions uh, while, the, while their rider was occupied. And uh, they are known as one-person horses. So they bond very deeply with their riders. And uh, uh, they have a lot of the same traits of their Dawn horse ancestors. Um, and the Dawn's um, were probably one of the most numerous breeds in all of Russia before war almost obliterated them. 
uh, because of how good they were. And uh, um, in the dog host, it's a step environment and it's a very difficult environment. And when Russia was sending forces um, into the area to uh, um, engage in military tactics, they would use the Don, the Don horsemen and their horses to take their armies across the steps. And uh, if they hadn't had the Don horses or their riders, they very likely wouldn't have been able to make it. They can handle snow, heat, everything. They're um, considered an extreme breed of Russia. And uh, the Budjani horse is basically a consolidate, a third-generation consolidate of the Don horse and a thoroughbred. It's essentially a Don mare crossed with a thoroughbred, but third-generation in. And uh, it combines the hardiness and the heart and the bravery of the Don with the athleticism and the... uh, speed and refinement of the thoroughbred. Well, that's why I did read that they're used at show jumping, steeplechase, eventing, and they're known for endurance. One of the things that was surprising for me is the size, because, you know, we followed the Mongol Derby every year. We, we cover the Mongol Derby, and a lot of times when you hear about the steppe horses and, and horses from different regions over there, they're smaller in size, and these are, are bigger. I'm reading 16 to 16 three hands. Yes. So when the cavalry was, when the USSR cavalry was disbanded in 1953, it put the Bajani and the Don horse um, in a very difficult position, and they had to be re-applied um, to other areas in order to keep them alive and useful. And uh, they were taken into the sport arena, and they're particularly well uh, well known in Russia as a uh, show jumper. Got it. Okay. Well, that so makes basically, sense. Then. Yeah. Yet I see pictures of it like crushing it in the dressage ring too i mean gosh you have oh, some yeah. amazing photographs on your website which is budyanihorse.com but don't be fooled it's bud any b-u-d-e-n-n-y horse.com just so you don't put budyani <laughs> yes even in the 1980s the great portuguese dressage master Nuno Oliveira um, had some dogs and budyanis and called them the best horses in his life Wow, they well, look like they do a little bit of everything because there's even endurance photos that you guys have. Yes, mm-hmm. we have uh, a mare on the west coast that um, participates in AERC endurance rides. Do you wow. have any? Um, I have one mare, and uh, I mostly do uh, trail riding and hunter jumpers and dressage with her. Just I, I like just having fun with her. She's a really good mare, and uh, showing is a lot of fun. I, I have taken her to exhibitions to show off the breed, um, but I like having fun with my horses. And that's kind of another fun part about this breed is um, a lot of them, you can just do just about anything with them. And as long as they trust you, they'll go anywhere you want them to. Let's talk about color. Um, I, you know, they say over 80% of them are chestnut, uh, but that you're yeah. never going to find gray, black, or, or kind of a splash or, or you know, leopard pattern. Yes. So, I mean, you, you can find them, but they are uh, usually those uh, colors are coming from um, crossbreds, you know, um, the, the influx of the thoroughbred or sometimes Arabian. And in the past, Trachner was allowed it, but was allowed into the breed as well. Uh, it isn't anymore. Um, but those animals are not considered breeding worthy. Um, so they have particularly focused in on the golden metallic shade which is a throwback to the Don Horse and the Turkoman. The Turkoman, of course, is the ancestor of the Akaltik. Ah, got it. And I'm looking at some of the gold metallic uh, shades, and they are, they are really pretty horses. <laughs> They're really pretty. Yes. Because of this color, the Bajani and the Don Horse are both collectively known as Russia's golden horses. 
Ah, got it. That's where that comes from. Okay, now that makes sense. Because I did re- I did read that as well, and that, that really does make sense. So, I mean, if you want one of these, how do you get one? And I imagine that's not easy. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes uh, riding horses do pop up. Um, we did recently have a um, very nice breeding quality mare come up as well. Um, the best way to find them is to contact me or my board members through our Facebook page or our website. Um, cause I usually have a pretty good, or all of us pretty have a, a good idea and a pulse of how, you know, where these horses are and who needs a new home. Um, we will be starting breeding again next year. Um, I'm actually breeding my mare to, uh, an up and coming three year old colt, which is right now the only colt in the United, in the entire United States available for breeding. Wow. And um, we're going to get some, like, probably the first purebred colt born um, in 10 years, hopefully next year. Fingers crossed. Wow. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah. And I, I am working on importing new genetics into the country as well from Russia. I've partnered with um, Hartley Horsehouse Equine Reproduction Center in Russia. And uh, hopefully we'll be getting some of those genetics over here soon. And we'd really like to um, recruit more breeders, more people interested in these horses, more people interested in just learning about them and helping us spread the word about them because they're really wonderful riding horses. And pretty much everyone I've gone to and talked to about, they're like, why don't people know about this horse? You know, it it performs so well in um, all arenas. Um, We have uh, people right now riding Bujani crosses in Grand Prix dressage and um, upper levels of show jumping. Uh, you know, they, they can do, you know, a lot and uh, in, in the high levels and as well as being child friendly and um, in this very good uh, companion courses for, for riders. So. <laughs> Well, this is uh, this is cool. It's so cool to learn about new breeds all the time on this show, and this is definitely a new one. And I bet you, ten, ten, 20 years ago, when you were coming up in the horse world, you didn't think you'd be making deals with uh, anybody in Russia about anything. So here you are. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so here you are crossing the divide and uh, doing some cool stuff for horses, and that's that's all we care about here on the show. So, well, good job. Let I'm going to post links to where you can find this in uh, on your Facebook page and also your website. I'll put those in the show notes, and we'll put a post up on our Facebook page as well. But Karina, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it, and give give your girl a carrot for us. Yes, I will. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Wait, you know, again, something we've never heard of. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> and and bless her heart. She's hundred episodes and we're still finding things we've never heard of in the horse world. I know. And so we can't be the only one. So she's like, we want people to get the word out. I'm like, well, that's what you're doing right now. <laughs> Cause we didn't know. They're good looking horses. They keep, they seem to, you're right. They kind of, are, look like big quarter horse stocky and, and some of them look kind of faces. like quarter horse Arabs and then some kind of like they just kind of have a I don't know what the what the breed like you know what you, they need to be to be registered I don't I don't know those are questions I probably should ask her but it, it, they're really beautiful horses although I mean, with the amount of horses they have registered here it's 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 a one page form um, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I need some more. Well, that's cool. Very cool. Thank you to her for contacting us and uh, Jennifer for getting that set up. Well, we have somebody that's coming on that we are not worthy to be with. <laughs> She's an award winner. That's right. She's an award. We're, we're going to have to talk about that because we haven't mentioned that in the show yet uh, about how we did 
at the Horse Radio Network and the uh, American Horse Publications Awards. Let's get Debbie on. Debbie's on. <laughs> oh, Debbie's here. <laughs> Hi. Oh, hello, friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I wasn't listening to the show up to now. Were you all refreshed and feeling good? Yeah. And we, we've got to mention we have Debbie Lauks on from uh, Horsemanship oh, Radio yeah. and also Monty Roberts fame. And you, you go ahead and, and congratulate her, Jamie, because you were part of that episode. Right. I mean, congratulations on winning first place in the uh, American Horse Publications business podcast. And uh, tell tell everybody a little bit about that episode. Holy, mo- that episode? Oh, you well, should not, be doing not the, the episode. About. More like what what you what you won and what well yeah what oh, you about the award. Oh yeah. my gosh, you could have knocked, I was on a, a little exercise bike. I almost fell off. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Pretty cool that they, they chose that one. I mean, we did know we were a finalist, but you know, podcast, uh, people are up in their game on, on podcasts out there. And, um, as, as Glenn had pointed out, it was just pretty amazing to be thrown into a pool with, super talented people, but I had super talented guests on that episode. I did. Uh, can we just add that Debbie won when there was actually competition? Jamie and I won a couple times when there wasn't. When there wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. <laughs> sure. Just me. That's right. We yeah, were we competing came, against we, Debbie, actually. Right. We were first and second. That was pretty harsh, Glenn, if you no, think about but what we you were, just said. Uh, I was complimenting yeah, yeah. her. She won when there wasn't, when there actually is a lot of competition. And can we also say a congratulations to Lisa Waisaki, before we forget, exactly. who uh, does the Horse Nutrition Podcast for Purina, and they won the other podcast category. Who so, had no budget at all, I'm yeah. sure, Purina. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let me just tell you that uh, that means the two podcasting awards were won by Horse Radio Network shows. So yay to all our listeners. Good job. Yeah. That is the support, man. I mean, in, in this environment, all that stuff we say these days, extraordinary times, uh, you know, keeping sponsors is, you know, the critical thing is the listeners, really. I mean, you guys are the ones who point out to sponsors that it's working and you talk about the products and you support us uh, in ways that keep us encouraged, you know, when we're sitting behind a mic quietly wondering what we're doing. We're Is anybody to. listening to this right now? Is anybody there? Am I talking to Thank no you. one? <laughs> well, Debbie, yeah, it was really cool to sit there and do that episode with your dad. And we talked about training uh, Diego the Mustang and, and working on him getting caught. It was really cool that that one got picked. And uh, congratulations. Now let's talk a little bit about what's coming up. The movement 2020.com is where you can go right now if you want to get uh, on kind of what we're talking about. Tell everybody about the movement, Debbie. The movement. Oh my gosh, we start. This is our third year, and we started in 2018. If anybody loved what we loved about it, <laughs> we just thought we'd just do it. And I have a, a partner in crime. Um, her name is Nellie Kennedy, and Glenn knows her. We met at a podcast convention, actually, yeah, that's right. in Los Angeles, and uh, she is a big fan of horses. She has an adorable little quarter horse named Luna, and she has done some incredible things in her life and chose us, really, as a project to take on, aren't we? <laughs> because <laughs> she's like, mm, you need help. Uh, I think I can do something with you. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so we started the movement. And what we set out to do was, you know, our mission statement is a compounding of positive thoughts, good health, and it all, you know, horses uh, are the midline through the whole thing. But we, we wanted to bring people together from all parts of the world, 
we did it. We wanted people to come from not only like uh, loving what horses do for the healing of the inside of all of us, but also what they do for people. So we we ended up getting people who are not only just horse trainers and horse lovers, but also people who use horses in their avocations and uh, vocations like psychiatrists and counselors and things like that too. Like, wow, they even want to listen to us talk about horses and how you know, horses make us feel on the inside too. So we thought, okay, so we get the top trainers. That'd be Jamie, Monty, these guys. And we get these top. Um, well, let's absorb pe- that for a minute, Debbie. You did just, just called Jamie, Jamie Monty- a top trainer. I was just. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And I'll tell you why I say that. Because we we march around this earth watching horses all the time. Listeners will understand what I mean. Like you see something on four legs and a mane, you just, your head pops, right? You're like, ah, horses. And people have a lot of tradition in that mindset. You know, they know they love horses, but they got to go to a trainer to understand how to train a horse, how to get a horse to do something that they want them to do, how to partner with their horses, how to build a relationship with horses. I contend that people who know the language of the horse down to the ground are the ones who actually have the deepest, best relationship with the horse. And Jamie has to be rare air for being a good student for that. And I think dad is just the one who, because of his upbringing, turned to horses for that healing. For uh, He understood communication with them intuitively um, because he just sought refuge in horses. So for him, it's, you know, he's 85 this year. So he's spent about mm, 82 of those years <laughs> learning the language of the horse. And that's just really hard to replicate. So you really need good students like Jamie, to understand where he's coming from. And it's layering, isn't it, Jamie? Don't you kind of like, you understand every year you kind of like, oh, that's what that really meant. I get, or there it is right there with the horse. Now I finally was able to decide, discern and and um, understand what that horse was reacting to it's um it's 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 like a curtain has been pulled back when i started studying his his the way that he understands and communicates and and people send me videos debbie and and i'm like oh clearly the horse is saying that and i never would have known that had i not studied monty and and again you know whatever you think this stuff is amazing and it really works and my horse training you know what would have taken me a year i can get done I don't want to, whatever I could get done in like three days. Yeah. So I, I, it's just, it's an incredible efficient way because there's no guessing. You don't have to go, let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. You just do the thing that the horse is asking for Mm -hmm. and, and, and it works. So, uh, I, I'm appreciative of the compliments, but I I was a hungry student, you know, I just wanted to be better and I didn't set out to come to you guys wanting to be a certified instructor at all. There's always like a time in the class where you introduce yourself. School is not her favorite thing. So no, No. she did not. (laughs) And and, and every time you introduce um, people like the South African girls, like we want to take money's concepts and we want to take them to South Africa. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just want to be better. I don't, I just want to be better. (laughs) And I think, each time I went to a clinic, I, I had a, a better hunger of wanting to be better. And then the whole thing, I was like, I'm never going to actually get certified. I, th- there's a, 
incredible test. You know, there's two really hard tests that you have to take and it was just all part of getting better. Mm-hmm. So you know how I, much she whined about taking that test. I hope a lot. <laughs> it tastes better that way. <laughs> I, I think so. I think it's worth it, you know, and here's, Back to the movement, too. Here's who we're bringing together for this layering kind of effect. The people that taught me. Monty taught them, and they taught me. And I'm so excited to have Denise Heinlein coming from Germany. And she is just amazing. You can tell everybody about her. Yeah, well, Denise Heinlein is just one of our top, most experienced instructors. And she, I I would give her component of the movement um, the word compassion because she is, she not only is super, um, uh, she could she get to the root of it with a student really fast, but her horsemanship, oh my gosh, she can just play with a horse, not Liberty training. I'm not talking Liberty goofy stuff. I'm, and that, I love Liberty training, but I mean, I'm not talking about tricks. I'm talking about just moving a horse in a round pit, just body language back and forth between horse and Denise. It's magic to see. It really is magic. And she's going to be doing some work with veterans over a, in Germany and then uh, beaming in live because she can't, oh, get, she can't get there. She can't get out of Germany, right? But it's going to be cool because she is, she's going to be down on the corner showing us what she does with a veteran, an actual veteran. And then that veteran's going to be sitting with her during the movement and a psychologist too, you know? And so people can ask questions. This is super interactive. I don't think there's ever, I was on the phone last week with Horse and Country TV who are providing the live streaming. And when we started to paint the vision with their live streaming tech team uh, in January, uh, we started to develop like we don't want it to be a Zoom work meeting. Uh-uh. No. And d- little did we know that everybody's going to be sick of that by June <laughs> of 2020, yeah. right? We didn't know anything. We started the conversation at the beginning of the year saying it's going to be interactive. So so we already have this down pretty well. But what we what we really added to the whole thing is we really upped our game with graphics and picture in a picture. That means like down in the corner, like it, on the news, you know, when you watch the news, you see the the person talking about the video that's going on. There's going to be some of that, but then there's just going to be live. Now, here's the tricky, cool part. Picture Denise or Ashley or Ellie, and I'll tell you who these are. Um, over in another area and they've worked with the Mustangs or they've worked with chiropractic or whatever. Now Ellie's in there explaining that. But now Ellie says, hey, I got a question from, you know, somebody, an audience, Sally. I got a question for Sally and she wants to see how that hip bone sticks out while um, I'm doing some chiropractic work. Hey, Monty, can you reach over there and pick up that back leg and show how that hip goes. Or maybe we'll have Jamie do it. Jamie, pick up that <laughs> Great. back leg, you know, and show where the hip kind of pops out. So we've got this interactive thing where the the audience can immediately ask a question to clarify some of the presentation. That's never happened. Even when dad's on tour, he doesn't like take, you know, immediate questions from the audience. Take questions from 3,000 people watching in the Not stands. Not at once. <laughs> <laughs> Not at once. But he will do a signing stand afterwards, which is the broadly educated. I mean, that is the cool part. Like, my horse does this. What do I do? But you can act. So you get to be braver during the movement. Somebody standing in the or sitting in the front row, you know, who uh, bought a really good ticket and got a really good seat. They're not always brave enough to stick that hand up and go, Monty, this may be a stupid question, but can I ask, you know, now you get the anonymity <laughs> of of calling in a question. You can submit questions ahead and you can also um, submit them 
via a text right on there and we'll identify you. Okay. Susie said, you know, that she saw you do X, Y, Z. Um, why did you do that? Or, you know, things like if Temple Grandin says, um, the, the ear goes where the eye goes, you know, how on a horse, when you see that ear twitch to the right, you know that they looked to the right, right? And so we can talk about that and we can say, hey, do that again. Hey, Monty, show how that ear followed where the eye went. And you can get really specific. And so when Temple says, don't do this or do do that, when how horses think, that's her segment is how horses think. She can talk about the autistic child and she can talk about the flight animal in the same breath. And sh- and their each session is two hours long. So they're going to do their presentation. Then there's interactive between the presenters and there's interactive between the audience and the presenters. So I don't think there's – Horse and Country t- TV tells me there's never been anything like it. And so. they have the tech and the knowledge to make this happen. This is not like Glenn over there That's with right, like a webcam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so the presenters, of course, you've got Monty Roberts and Temple Grandin, who you mentioned, and also um, listeners of this show. I, I, I mean, come on, Matt, Dr. Siemens. It's oh, going to be there. I'm so excited about him. Dr. Siemens, who's an artist, a poet, an author, and oh, by the way, a veterinary with, you know, credentials down his arm. He's doing equine vision and how that affects behavior. And he's having so much fun. He, you know, during these last couple of months, he's like, I'm tearing apart my whole thing that I've been talking about for years. I'm I'm going to read. I'm going to just redo my whole presentation of what I do. And it's not like, you know, a PowerPoint. We took away the podium. We took away the screen. The round pin is now that stage. And and they get to work with the horse specifically. No, you know, reading a bunch of text on PowerPoint kind of stuff as most trade shows do. Nothing wrong with that. That's just not us. We want to be really organic and, and um, you know, just on the moment. It really is going to be multi-camera view. And you're right. Horse and Country is sending their crack team from Colorado down in a TV truck and doing the whole thing. So, well, Debbie, uh, you know, how, do we for- how do we at home? I know people could have bought yeah. tickets and went, but we're getting a little late for that right now. Yeah. And a lot of people can't it's- travel. So how no, can no, they it's see it no at home? Odd- no audience at all. Oh, we, we, okay. Because California. of California laws, we have no audience. Ah, Only the gotcha. presenters are there and half the presenters are there. So um, people go on the movement2020.com on the website. Go to the movement2020.com and see how we've handled that. So if you've already purchased a ticket, people, m- more than 50% of the people rolled their ticket over to next year because we already have dates, June 18th through 20 for next year. And and then they're getting the live streaming as part of that ticket. Or you can buy, if you haven't purchased the ticket since you know January when we first started them, then you can buy a ticket right now. It's a reduced kind of digital price for the three days. It's three days, morning and afternoon sessions. Uh, Jamie was going to open up with Monty and they'll be working with a horse first off. And then we'll have uh, Ashley Mancuso who does, it's so cool. She does yoga on a Mustang and it is the best biofeedback machine you've ever seen. <laughs> it's wonderful. And she, she's going to do dressage and she has all these is young Jamie going to be doing yoga on a Mustang too, alongside her because that, that, no. I would pay, I would, I would pay for that. that. Yes. We, I would. we might have to do a little outtake thing. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Um, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, we should mention Dave Mokel too. Dave Mokel is a presenter on mindfulness. He's given TED Talks. He was, other than Monty and the Horses last year, he was our top rated talk last year. So we had to have him back. And he lives in Santa Barbara. So he's just over the hill. So he's coming over for that. He is a, an amazing speaker. But then he's going to be using Monty and the Round Pin to say, "Hey, Monty, show us how this works. You know, when you're breathing, it's you know the mindfulness thing is being present with." horses right and he totally gets it so so it's gonna be like you're there even though you can't um it it opened it up to a lot of different countries so i'm a little confused you have to clarify i know horse and country is going to be there we can't watch it on horse and country you have to buy a ticket i'm getting confused about what happens yeah you the the interactive experience that we're talking about is only available through our ticket. So it will be streaming live on Horse and Country TV, but that's through us. And people who have a subscription to Horse and Country TV can watch it if it's not two in the morning, wherever they are or whatever. Um, But we're going to be archiving it and having it on demand as well. So if anybody says, ah, I can't see the morning session on Monday or whatever, or their kid gets sick or they, oh yeah, the boss called in. Um, (laughs) Anything like that, you can go back and watch anything. you won't miss anything. But that live interaction thing is really what makes it unique. There's the value right there. Not only getting these uh, eight people together that are unbelievable in their own different areas, but also that be able to ask them. Uh, I think we're going to get a lot of really cross-pollination, you know, a lot of intelligence through the interaction and building upon that. So um, that's how you're going to, you're going to be emailed a login to uh, a secure page and also you're going to be uh, emailed a document so that you can submit questions ahead for each session and then a text number where people can text live to the moderator I think that'd be me actually to the moderator with the questions and so they can on the moment say whoop what was that? Um, Monty, d- clarify that. Say that again a different way. You know, all those things will be happening live. Um, Horse and Country subscribers don't get that part. Okay. Yeah. So it, you go to the movement2020.com and go, scroll down the page and you'll see the Movement 2020 live streaming ticket options. That's what they want, right? Right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So okay. No matter what their status is. Yeah. Yep. So go to the Movement 2020 live streaming ticket options on the Movement 2020. Well, good job Yay. putting this together. I know we know how much work it is to put stuff like this together. So, yeah. uh, and especially when everything's changing every 10 minutes. Uh, so, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. We finally landed on a decision and I'm really, I can't wait to see it, Jamie. It's going to be so much fun. You wait till you yeah. see the team that's supporting us too. We got really fun people coming. Aaron's coming back and some of the people that help us out too. So. I'm really excited to be there. I'm, I'm, I'm super interested to watch all of these presenters. And just remember that if you guys can't watch it, like when it's live, you can still go back and watch it on demand. By the way, Chad's former, uh, the commander of the entire Luke air force base went mm-hmm. retired and then went to be an airline pilot and has been furloughed. And, and so he's like, you know what? I'm going to join the movement. I'm going to learn about where he really? loves horses and what he has man. bought a ticket for the movement. And I he's been messaging it. Chad to ask me questions about uh, me. <laughs> participating it. In it. Yeah. And so he's like, you know what? I I've always loved horses and I love riding horses and I want to get involved with horses. I've got time. Let's oh do this. Gosh. 
Awesome. That is so cool. cool. I mean, I bet there's a story for every ticket. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And talking to Temple last week, I've talked to Temple more in this last couple of weeks than I have my whole life. And she is so excited. She's just adorable. And I said, so Temple, are you going to go over to CSU to do this, you know, with a really stable? No, no. It's going to be in my kitchen. I'll clean it up. (laughs) <laughs> that's great she's awesome well yeah. it's going to be fantastic again it's the movement 2020.com you can go check it out it's really going to be something special this year especially um i mean i was there last year and that was pretty awesome and it, you're just you're up in your game this year debbie good job uh thank you we just didn't want to cancel we're so happy we can pull it off thank yeah, you debbie fantastic. appreciate it and, and if you, you want to hear more of debbie she will be joining us for the once a month we i get together with the auditors once a month and we kind of have a little powwow and we're going to do that tonight at uh what time did i say seven o'clock eastern yeah, time in eastern. the auditor room debbie and lisa are both going to be there plus i kind of give my state of the horse radio network uh report every month to the auditors because they're the ones helping pay for it so uh that'll all be happening tonight in the auditor room facebook live at seven o'clock we'll see you there debbie okay and don't forget about horsemanshipradio.com one of the better podcasts award winning (laughs) award winning you need to change your you need to change your title now okay the award winning horsemanship radio (laughs) thanks everybody for listening i appreciate you yeah thanks for having me on bye debbie so we're going to head next. We're going to go right to Deanne from Horse Nation, who is joining us as she does on most Mondays. It does seem like more than a week since we've done this show. <laughs> it seems like it was more than a week, but everything seems like more than a week lately. <clears throat> but Deanne's going to join us right now, I hope. Yeah, I'm here. Can you Hi, hear me? Deanne, thank you for joining us. We were just talking about how every week seems like a month. So. You know, it really does. I feel like we're in this like really weird like time space continuum where every week seems like a month, but then on the flip side, I'm like, how is it June already? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, we know it's June and we know it's another year because the damn thoroughbreds have shown up again. What oh, who thinks it's a good idea every year to change the story and put it out again? Well, I don't I don't get the 52 thoroughbred story coming back every year. I have been tagged because you got to remember, I'm friends with about 1,500 podcasters who know nothing about horses, who get these posts from their listeners and share them with me. It's been ridiculous. And then, like this year, they added the twist of saying that the owner passed away due to COVID. And so it's like, not only did somebody just reshare this from their memories, like, which maybe I'll give somebody a pass on that. But, like, they went through the effort to change the story and reshare it. Who th- and it's, it's who mind-boggling. And, by the way, the lady who has that phone number gets pissed. <laughs> She's so pissed. Every right? Year. I feel like they need to put that phone number, like, on whatever blacklist you put a phone number on, like, 8675309. Like, please tell me somebody doesn't have that phone number, right? Right? <laughs> J- Jamie, do you remember when we first – we did cover this the first year when it was real. I mean, that's how long yes. we've been doing this show. We covered 2011, it. Yep. it came out, and it was a really big deal, like it is every year. And um, we actually t- reached out to, uh, there's a woman in Ohio, Jackie Smith, who runs Stonegate Farm, and I used to vent up there. And so we called her up. She had adopted two of them because it's in the area. All the horses were adopted in four days. <laughs> 
in 2011. How is it? I got a I got a text message from my sister-in-law yesterday. She's like, Oh my God, you have to put this on your show. You must know somebody who can do something about this. And I was like, Oh God, I I didn't even have to open the picture. I knew what it was. I was same. Like I was at a clinic over the weekend and yesterday morning I was getting the horse ready to ride, you know, to go for day two of the clinic. And one of the women who was in the clinic with me, who was lovely and like very nice, but a horse person comes up to me and she goes, so, Hey, are you looking for another thoroughbred? Now to be clear, people do that to me all the time, right? Like that's not entirely new. So I didn't, it didn't register right away. And then my other friend who was standing talking to me while I was getting my horse tacked up goes, why are there 52 of them? And I was just like, you've got to be. <laughs> her like initial woman was like, how did you know? And I think I like may have overreacted. I mean, like, no, they are, have all been rehomed. Like the post is nine years old. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, Snopes was on it quick this year's. They've been on every year's. But this year, this is what they said. This plea was, in fact, a variant of an item that had begun circulating over nine years earlier and had nothing to do with COVID-19. As we explained in our original article on this topic, the 52 thoroughbred horses message originated in 2011, and although it seemed to have some truth back then, homes were quickly found for the displaced equines. And they do encourage people, and this is my message today for everybody. Please, as your friends post it, private message them and encourage them to take it down. We need them deleted. Otherwise, they keep getting shared. And if we're not the ones out there saying, please delete this, it's never going to be deleted. So don't let them leave it up. Tell them to delete it. That's what we need to happen. I did like, I, I have liked to see the responses of some of the aftercare and rehoming organizations that have been like, this is fake, but if you want to make a difference, yes. instead of resharing <laughs> this news story, why don't you maybe make a donation to any one of these great aftercare organizations? I got to say, New Vacations, we got to talk to them. J- Jamie, you weren't involved in that call last week. We recorded Retired Racehorse Radio, and we talked to the people from New Vacations. They have had a record year. And no, it, I was there. I mean, that's insane. Is, the horse and hound is the same way. Everything is getting adopted. It has been amazing. Try and find a greyhound right now. I mean, all these stories, that's the other stories I get, by the way, is all the greyhounds coming off the track. There's an article from four years ago when the tracks were closing, and it just keeps getting recycled about all these. Go to greyhound rescue page. There's like one dog. I mean, Right. <laughs> I mean, they've all been adopted. It's crazy the amount of adoptions during this whole thing, which is good. It's good. Yeah, I mean, and that has been like one of the more positive things to come out of all of the quarantining, right? Is that people are home, so they're like, okay, maybe I have time for this thing I thought I didn't have time for before. So they're getting yeah, horses, they're getting they dogs. Get back to work, we don't see a lot of them flooding. <laughs> That's my fear. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's my fear. I hate to be negative, but I hope we don't see that. I think that's a definitely a legitimate fear. It's a, it's a probably a fear of, of most of the rescues that have adopted everybody out, but hopefully not. <laughs> right. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's all fine. Everything's good. You know, we, we, uh, we have not talked about this earlier in the show, but I just wanted to mention real quick, you guys did a couple, and we're going to talk about it on Wednesday. Uh, hopefully we'll have the folks from Black Rains Magazine, who we've been working with for over a year now, uh, and having some terrific guests on the show over the past year, African-Americans in the horse world. But you covered a couple of things that really made headlines, and one of them was the Houston story about the, uh, it's called, they're called the what, the nonstop riders, right? Yeah, and I'm hoping, I, um, 
tried to reach out to them over the weekend, but I was I was admittedly at a clinic and doing other things, so I need to follow up again. I want to I want to talk to them personally, but the nonstop writers um, showed up to a Houston protest. It was a peaceful protest, and they were you know riding through the streets in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I and it was just you know kind of really great to see. I mean, I'm first of all you know I totally love to see not love to see that's the wrong word like i appreciate seeing the peaceful protests that i think are really starting to hit home with people and then obviously as someone in the horse world and in horse news media um it's great to see riders getting out there and showing support for um the family of george floyd and brianna taylor and you know the movement in general I read an article that they there were this is what I read who knows if it's true but apparently there were 50 to 60 riders and uh that they led they actually led the protesters and and it was tens of thousands can we just say that my pony would not do well in that situation and <laughs> we would be bolting our way through the city of Houston so congrats to the riders and the horses for not having that happen oh my god right <laughs> Because you know it wasn't quiet. How about Zeus? How would he do in the middle of the city with te- with 60,000 screaming people behind him? I feel sorry for the people around him. <laughs> How about your horse there, Deanne? How would your you horse know, do? I've, been, I've thought about this a lot because I've been tempted... <laughs> And to do, you know, public events like parades and things with her. And, you know, it would just really depend on the day. Some days she's, you know, okay, fine. This is what we're doing. And other days her, you know, we see the whites of her eyes. She goes into giraffe mode and everyone hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Flip a coin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, and there were more stories like that from around the country as well. And you have a couple of articles on your page. So we encourage everybody to stop by to Horse Nation to check those out. Well, Deanne, thank you so much for joining us. I guess we'll talk to you again in a year when, uh, or next week, uh, whichever seems yeah, to be. Yeah, either way. Yeah, whichever seems to be closer. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Deanne. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah because, All right. See you, Deanne. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Let me go now. Because we have to meet some of Jamie's relatives before we wrap up the show today. So let me go to the auditor page and go to videos. And that's where you posted this, right? Do you want a little backstory? Well, let me find it first here. Make sure I find it. Okay, I found it. So now give me the backstory and then then we'll present your family. So you guys do know that I'm pretty talented at the Southern accent. And there is a legitimate reason because my family are a bunch of really big rednecks. And so, and I say that I'm Southern from Georgia, rednecks. Southern. Southern rednecks. And, and, um, you know, my, my dad has, has had a successful career with state farm insurance. And so as my uncle and, and everybody around them, they all live in Madison, Georgia. And it's like they're rich rednecks, you know, like they've done well in the insurance business. And so what do rich rednecks do? They buy stuff. Uh, bought a farm and I went to his, we had a little birthday party for my dad and for Lucas. I surprised my dad with Lucas walking up and knocking on the door on his birthday. It was really sweet. So we hung out there for uh, a couple days and went to my uncle's farm and met their neighbor, the chicken farmer. And I want to preface this by saying my dad lied in the middle of it. There was nothing alive associated with this video, but I would like to, you guys, I I did a video just so y'all could understand where I come from. Wait till you hear these accents, people. (laughs) 
I know we've had your daddy on, but this is like daddy time. Um, by the way, yeah. I would like to point out that these men never shut up until I put the camera on them. <laughs> of course. So he- here it is. Like true Southern gentlemen. Let's see here. How do I start this? I would like to introduce you guys. This is my uncle Dale. Say hi. Uh-huh. My dad. Hi. And their friend, the farmer, Tommy Kathy. Hi. Now, I just wanted to point out and show everybody the validity of the redneck that is in my family. What are we doing right now? Dale, why don't you start? Can we can we narrate this? Uh, did they appreciate being called rednecks, by the way? Just keep listening. By telling people what we're doing right now? We're feeding, feeding Bob. Who's Bob? Bob's our little alligator. And uh, why don't you, Mr. Kathy, tell them what we're feeding them? Feeding them dead chickens. <laughs> some dead, some, some, dead, some alive. Some alive. <laughs> See, I, I I raise chickens and I take my dead chickens, that mortality, and bring them, recycle, give them to Bob. Yeah. And 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 how big is Bob? I feel like we need subtitles when he talks. By the way, <laughs> twelve and a half. Twelve and a half feet long. All right. Um, anything you guys want to add to like your like? Tell everybody a little bit about your farm. About the farm, it's a, it's a more of a pleasure farm. We have horses and peacocks, pigs, and stuff. Just fun. Uh, it's for hunting. Green acres. We got several lakes on it. With lot, gators. Lot kid <laughs> activity, grandchildren activity. Uh, zip line. Grandchildren. I just want to. I just want to get the sense of the accent so people understand. When I put on my southern accent, where it comes from. Because, y'all, I'm telling you what, I've been talking southern for three days now. I can't get it out of me. <laughs> well, you know what? Don't we do. ever get it out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, ever. All right, gentlemen. Well, it's been an absolute horrifying nightmare being here with you. And uh, thank you. Right. Well, we hope you come back. Yeah, come back real soon. <laughs> oh, you can count on it. Did Bob come up and visit, by the way? I'm not, I, I, I mean, did you see Bob? I did see Bob Yeah. and really his nose feet? was, I would guess that that was a low estimate <laughs> in his size. And he, they used to have three, uh, here's the really terrifying part is they used to have three gators, but Bob got so big, he run them all off. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean you run them all off? Because they have a swimming pond that my child was in just moments uh, earlier. And uh, yeah, you know, we don't know really where they went. Bobby what? <laughs> Do they eat Apparently, each other like they when they get older, they get territorial. And Bob claimed that pond. And Bob is like a light estimate of twelve. But when we went to dump chickens, bucket of dead chickens, I I'll never unsee that. And they just thought it was like normal. They didn't Did do Bob that. Really I, mean, I mean, was he really aggressive toward the dead chickens? Uh, well, unfortunately, what happened is we drove, we, I was in the back, uh, the ranger drove down and they couldn't restart it. And so they dumped the chickens out and then they had to bring a tow truck in to redneck bull. <laughs> they didn't get a tow truck. They got uh, somebody else's ranger from the neighbor's house and came down and got him. So Bob was pretty freaked out. George by all of it, it gets. <laughs> and what's really shocking, Glenn, is that 
the the guy whose ranger died right there. He's like, y'all, it was Tommy Cathy's ring. Y'all bring your ranger down here. We got to hook it up. And he was like, how are you going to get it out? And he's like, had toe chains in his ranger. Why wouldn't you Everybody have toe has chains? toe chains? We had a toe chains in our farm too, because the tractor used and to And they just along. pulled it out. And yeah. Bob was like, I'll come and eat those dead chickens later. Uh, as a vegetarian, I was completely unhappy <laughs> with the whole situation. Well, you know, it was horrifying. <laughs> Why would you have a gator? Why? <laughs> you live in Georgia. It's not native. You put it out there. Oh my I, yeah, god! No, there are a lot of gators in Georgia. Mostly toward the coast, though. Not really in the middle. Not in like Atlanta, like <laughs> northeast uh, Georgia. How did you but, end up a city girl, by the way, because you really were a city girl for a long time. Well, my daddy had his state farm insurance agency in downtown Atlanta, uh, so you know he had no choice but to raise some city children. Chillin. <laughs> Chillin. I didn't understand um, that word until you clarified it in the video. I didn't. Uh, I really need subtitles for when was it your uncle, the one on the right there in the red? Was I needed subtitles for him? He's a chicken farmer. He's their best friend. <laughs> he was. He was something. Uh, you know what? I mean, to be completely honest, those are th- those those three guys are three of the greatest guys around. I mean, my uncle would give you the shirt off his back. Well, my daddy will are. help you. Yeah. And and Tommy, hey, do anything in the world. He spent the whole day entertaining Lucas, and so did my uncle. Like they threw the party at his farm just so Lucas could have a birthday party with his granddad. I mean, three of the salt of the earth, nicest people around. But dear God, you can't understand a damn word they said. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was worth it. That was worth. It. Thanks for taking that. I, video. And Made again, I wanted them to talk more. They were cutting up and laughing. I put that camera on them, and they were like, yeah, like zip. <laughs> We had your daddy on the show once, didn't we? Was it just once we've had him on? That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> I think I had him come on, too. I think we surprised you with your daddy that day, if I remember right. I don't know. I for, I tried to block it all out. Do you want to hear something uh, that just happened? I mean, it just came across uh, my news feed, and it's a positive. It's a fun story. It's a happy story okay. for an 89-year-old guy named Forrest Fenn from Santa Fe, New Mexico, just found a bronze chest filled with gold, jewels, and other valuables worth more than a million dollars that was hidden a decade ago somewhere in the Rocky Mountain wilderness, and he found it. I don't understand. Wait, it was on his property, no, or he was, like, he was hiking? In the Rocky Mountains. He was searching for it. He was on a hunt. Oh, he was like looking at yes, like a treasure map. Everybody that has been looking for this thing for years, uh, and four people have died searching for it. Uh, but yeah, he found it. <laughs> so there you go. So was it, does it become his property, <laughs> or is know. it the property of the landowner? Really, I just saw the headlines. It just came across this brand new story. So. There you go. Everybody have to look that one up after. Hold on. We do have some things to talk to the auditors about. But that's it for today's show. Tomorrow, it's endurance episode. Believe it or not, there's some endurance rides starting. So Karen's going to be here to talk about that. We have Mary Kitzmiller later in the week. And, of course, Jamie and I be here on Wednesday and Friday as well. You can find us at horsesinthemorning.com or at the Horse Radio Network. If you want to become an auditor for as little as $3 a month, you can, too, can help support the show. Thank you to What did you learn has. today, Glenn? What did you learn? I, 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 I I'm still f- focused on the southern accents there. I, I, <laughs> I, just, I haven't got. Uh, uh, if I go back further in time, it's hard to think back. I learned that there are horse breeds we still don't know about. There's the Budiani. The, the Budiani. The Budiani. Yeah, I think she's It's hard Bujani. to shake the southern right yeah, now. Sorry. Exactly. exactly. What'd you learn? 
Oh, I learned about the Budiani and I've learned that now I've got to go uh, remembering the chicken thing. I got to go take a shower. <laughs> That's horrible. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Bang, neuter, geld.